Is this art good? Welcome to Is This Art Good? With me, Alphonse. And me, Alphonse's co-host, Devin. Yes, Ball, White Loaf, Dig, Pixo. We have such an episode today. I... I got to tell you, I've been excited for this episode for a while. I was like, okay, when am I going to give Alphonse the mollusk? When's it going to happen? Uh, it's, I stumbled across this album one time. Well, I'm not stumbled. I was like, here's a band I've list- I've heard about many times through other circles of related bands. And, you know, like the, the string connected on the billboard thing. Yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, I guess I better check out some of their work right and i went and i was like okay what's like their most popular album and this is it yeah and uh then i was like alphonse alphonse will have an opinion on this so i've just been waiting for the opportune moment right right i uh yeah i've i've been recommended another album by ween the one that's got like the lady with a belt buckle on it uh um, i don't know any others yeah yeah <laughs> well I've been recommended that album by my friend Ringo, and uh, I've also, uh, one of the artists I follow on Instagram, Ween is one of their favorite uh, bands. Right. So I've been like, okay, well, I should sit down and listen to that album, and then I've listened to this one instead, but I mean, sure. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, Yeah. And I think like in in getting ready for this episode and just beforehand i realized that there is like a whole lot of lore and information on this album like okay way more like it's it's one of those i think they're one of the bands one of those bands like fish who has just this huge following who like just is super super devoted to the band so you it's really easy to look up stuff and find out so i feel like right i'll skip over a lot of that kind of material cuz it's not really it, it doesn't like yeah, and I, wait, I did not look into it. Nah, it doesn't really like bear weight on our review of it. But if you're interested, go have a look. There's like a big track by track that the band does. And there's a whole thing. So like I pulled a couple of things from there just for for reference and for interest's sake. And what right. might, you know, make a make our review a little bit clear or give direction. But um, yeah. OK. Also, I was just kind of like, you know, we're, we were familiar with precisely one song on this album. Yes. Because of our childhood. And also... And that was Buckingham Green. Yep, that's the one. It was known for being used in an episode of Scrubs or some bullshit. It was actually Cold Blows the Wind from uh, the outro of Rugrats. Really? Yeah, that was the one. Yep. (laughs) Um, But I, as I, again, as I was reading more, I found out that, like, this album was instrumental arguably arguably no it's not would not it's got <laughs> lyrics there's an instrumental on it i suppose is there yeah uh pink eye is an instrumental no that one's got uh and it's got bar, vocals bar. yeah uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll get there it's an, i mean vocals are an instrument yeah, and it can be an instrumental and not have. Le- I think to be an instrumental, it just has to not have lyrics, and it doesn't. Right. Okay. 
right? Like Gregorian chant is not that's I would say that's instrumental. If it's just right. But usually I guess that maybe that's in Latin and shit and Latin still words. See, I would call it a cappella or like choral. Choral. Okay, choral. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. You're right. Tying into um, our uh, ocean theme. <laughs> yeah, C-O-R-A-L instead of yeah. C-H-O-R-A-L. Yeah, that's yeah. important. This is a concept album too, sort of. Is it? it, it people call it a concept album. It seems like, like a themed album. Yeah, a nautical themed album for sure. And like there yeah. are some things that sit outside of that, but like sonically... It's very much in that direction. Right. Um, and I mean, one of the first things that I wrote, like everything feels watery. It's like there's a lot of reverb. There's a lot of like chorus effect, right? A lot right. of like warbly sound effects and stuff. Um, and it was literally written at like a beach house that they rented in New Jersey. They're like, we're going to the beach and working on this album. New Jersey. In Jersey. So that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's like they they had an idea and they, it seems like they encapsulated it pretty. I think they did it. It sounds like a fucking underwater album to me. <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it was the inspiration for SpongeBob, which we watched a lot of like the, the album itself inspired the whole show. Yeah. I, I knew I kind of remembered something about that. Yeah. So apparently, um, Steven Hillenberg, the creator of SpongeBob, got uh gave ween a call in the early mid 90s and was like i want to make a show based around the mollusk or inspired by the mollusk this kind of like his idea was like a bugs bunny-esque cartoon right apparently that was that happened on the ocean floor and so um he also asked ween to write the uh shoe tying song loop de loop you might be familiar with it okay i don't think i remember it do the loop de loop and pull and your shoes are looking cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a classic one. Um and that was written apparently before the show even aired. Huh. He commissioned that song. He was like, I want this, I want Ween in on it. So I'm like, maybe that maybe that show wouldn't even exist. And so like that arguably f- helped form my sense of humor, like in a broad sense. So that's weird, I think. Yeah. I, I feel like um to a certain degree, drawing causality like that is like kind of iffy because like I would say that the humor came from Steven Hillenberg, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I'm saying if the show didn't exist, then that brand of humor might not have been and wasn't successful. And that brand of humor might not have arrived in me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does humor arrive in you? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's a you you. uh you you tap it from the the ethereal the humor plane right the humor plane yeah not to be but that's not to be confused with like you know bloodletting and shit like not that humor not those humors no not the humors <laughs> right not phlegmatic and uh whatever miasmic i don't think that's one of them but it sounds miasma? like miasma miasma is a humor choleric is one of them uh, miasma theory was a was a theory that, ha- that germ theory diseases were spread by a noxious form of bast- bad air yeah yeah cholera chlamydia the black death so that's that's what came after the the humors theory oh really yeah and then it was like actual like bacteria theory which is like what we're on now which seems to be pretty accurate so miasma was like fa- 
sort of close. It was, yeah, I mean, yeah, some things are closer. spread through the air, but yeah. putting fucking uh, potpourri in your death doc, plague doctor mask won't help. Not going to do shit, no. You're going to get the plague too, buddy. Yeah, and you're spreading it mostly. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it is pretty it's cool. cool. It's I mean, it's it's ironic. That's probably why doctors don't make house calls. It's it's cool in a in a detached sense. Yeah, in a historical like, huh? What a what a counterintuitive thing to have around. Yeah, yeah. It's narratively yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Anyways, anyway, let's get into let's go track by track. Uh, uh, yeah. Why don't you start? I'm dancing in the show tonight. What do you think of this uh, opening? Let's call it an intro track. It's not really like an opening track. It is. It opens it. Yeah. I think it's I think it's like an interesting way to start the album because it's just like, I don't know, some like goofy kind of Sesame Street bullshit. Yeah. And like the lyrics are like about getting ready for a show, which kind of suits like starting an album. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it, it sort of makes sense. I thought it could be it could honestly open like any album. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really tied in. Like if this was at the beginning of like a fucking doom metal album. Yeah. And then it was like right after that. Dun, 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 dun. Bah! Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be like, fuck yeah. That's that's cool. Um, Let's go. Apparently, apparently it's a a version or a play on the song Are My Ears On Straight, which is by Gala Peavy. Yeah, do your balls hang low. Hippopotamus for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think classic. it samples her voice in it. If I'm all prepared, I think there's like a girl's little girl's voice in there. Um, oh, okay, I I think I heard that. Anyway, yeah, I I feel like it just it really sets the tone for the album without really being like a concrete part of the theme. Like it does all like all of the synth instruments are in there, and it's like a lot of there's a lot of like synthesized acoustic instruments like horn and clarinet on this right. album. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think any of them are the real instrument, except the accordion later on, maybe. But uh, so it's just weird, like a weird, bizarro version of what this song should sound like. Right, right. Hon- honestly, I couldn't really tell that they were like synthesized or anything. I was just kind of like, yep, this is do yours hang low. It's close. Yeah, it's close to that. Yeah. I think they were. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were synthesized because uh, during the little like clarinet solo, I was like, Ah, uh, that's not the way a clarinet sounds when it like there's a glissando between notes. Right. It's just not the way that uh breath sounds through that instrument, I guess. Right. I don't right. know. It was just a, does, it just it a doesn't weird sound like a proper woodwind. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like the note like gets cut off instead of blending in right, fading out sort of. That's the only way I can kind of explain it. But yeah. 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 Um kind of sets the tone for like for diversity on the album there's a lot of stylistic diversity here i i feel like there is and there isn't like there's a lot of songs that are just kind of like boom da da or like boom da 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 boom da 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 like it's just a lot of like carnival vibes maybe yeah maybe i should say uh tonal diversity instead of yeah yeah um Instead of musical stylistic diversity. Yeah. There's definitely, yeah, because you've got like, there's a lot of waltzes. There's like three or four waltzy songs, like the sea shanty, you know, the whole like out at sea. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. uh, old folk song vibe. Yeah, there's that's a like a recurring thing. But that that probably is what makes it so thematically heavy. Yeah, what makes like what it brings up the the sea. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Arg. So speaking of the sea, what about this creature that has come from the sea? The mollusk. What about it? Uh, the title track. Yes. I feel like it has like a nice kind of vocal rhythm and it's just kind of over this very like simple arpeggio and drums. Yeah, it's like a nice again, it's in like the three, four. It's like a very swingy, though, not so much like a bouncy waltz, but like a da dum da da dum da very like washy yeah, vibe. Yeah. I think this is one of the most like watery sounding songs. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, this is like that. I don't even know what to call it. It's like a whistly, whittly, whittly synth that pans all over the place. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a very cool sound to me. Yeah. But I also kind of hate it in a way, but I hate it in the most endearing way. Right. Like, it's so obnoxious over this acoustic thing. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of like the weird, um, like, it's like a pad. Uh, not really. It's more like a sample that you, like, hit. And it automatically goes like, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know enough about fucking keyboards or sounds or anything to talk about it. But fair, yeah. I, uh, what do you think this song? I mean, it's hard to say what any of these are about. Yeah, uh, the band was kind of known for like just fucking doing psychedelics and writing music. I could see that. That's the vibe right. I definitely got. Yeah. So, but it, it kind of like paints the mollusk as like a mythical creature, like something that has like a a wonderment and a, a power and an aura around it. You know what I mean? Right. I Yeah, I guess so. Like it definitely has like that kind of tone to it. Like there's this weird reverence for it. Yeah. Like the, uh, it's two characters, I guess, the uh, kind sir and little boy, we'll yeah. call them. Yeah, that's you and me. Right, yeah. yeah. And oh, I really like how it kind of uh kind sir is like pan centered and very dry and then little boy is like reverbed out and duplicated to the side. So it like creates like this conversational effect. Kind of similar actually to what we were talking about with Lady Gaga how like they they pan her voice as a production technique, yeah, but this yeah. is like to separate two people in a conversation, which is weird. Yeah. I actually I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's very cool. Um yeah, so I, I picture this as like an old man on the beach, like sitting in the sand, watching some kid, you know, play in the play as the tides coming in or whatever. And then the kid runs by and he goes, oh, what do you what do you have there? And he's like, oh, it's this neat, this neat mollusk I found. Oh, where'd you find it? Can I have a look at it? And then it takes them both on like some extra dimensional journey. And it's that that horrible <laughs> thing from the fucking album cover. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just an amalgam. Apparently, this is interesting, or it was interesting to me. Um, the same person who did Dark Side of the Moon and a bunch of Pink Floyd album covers did this uh, and then was like, man, I love this album so fucking much. I'm going to do all of your art and all of the promotion for the entire tour free of charge for you. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> was just like, this is fucking great. I'm all in. That's wild. I want to have a look at the mollusk, the actual thing. I haven't looked at it uh, closely enough. What the fuck is the album art? We've got uh, a fish, an octopus. There's a manta ray mouth near like the bottom middle. It's like the underside of it. Oh, yep. Yep. 
Yeah, there's a crab claw and yeah. like a shrimp, I guess, at the front. Like what is, yeah, it seems like the bottom of a shrimp. Some octopus tentacles. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Um, oh, it's very fucking weird looking. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where I feel like a lot of like older rock bands, like I feel like the album title or the album covers like rarely fit the the vibe of the actual album. Like, I feel like okay. this thing looks way too, like, threatening for, like, the tone of the album. I I don't see it as threatening. I The claw mostly makes it threatening. If the claw wasn't there, I would be like, yeah, this is... It's the claw and the, you know. like, I think there's, like, an anglerfish head coming off the side and, like, tentacles as well are kind of, like, threatening feeling. Yeah. Are, there's no mollusk in here, is there? Probably not. That's weird. That's I'm not, really weird. I'm not weird. actually looking at it. I'm just remembering what it looks like. I mean, yeah, I don't see any. I can't. Yeah, I can't identify any uh, mollusca. Yeah, the the are, shells uh, on the back. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's behind the camera. Like the fish heads are too big and whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's threatening. I think it's just like a weird trippy sea creature chimera, which I'm down with. Right. Right. I feel like this album is that. Like each of those creatures could be a song. Right. Okay. I think of the Molly Hatchet album that like my dad had on vinyl that just had the most oh like my God. insane metal looking dude like on a giant Clydesdale horse and he's like in like a swamp and it just looks fucking brutal. Isn't he holding he's holding like a fucking axe? A huge axe, yeah. And I like, see it here. Actually, I've got it. That's the album Molly Hatchet. Yeah, and then we put it on. Yeah, it's like the self-titled. Yep. We put it on and it was just like, this is a rock band from the fucking 80s or whatever, 70s maybe. Yeah, 70s probably. Yeah, yeah. You got it. And it's just like, all right, like why is, it just feels weird. We'll post that album cover as <laughs> supplemental yeah, yeah. material. Yeah. Supplemental material for our for our ween episode, Molly Hatchet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like Southern rock. They're like, you know, like Leonard Skinner vibe. Yeah, totally. And I was just like, I just remember us putting it on because we were like, oh, dude, this looks sick. And then we put it on and it was like, okay, <laughs> this is fine. Like, yep. 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 Fuck. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. People probably like it. I don't care for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's how I feel about most things. But I get I get the trend that you're identifying. Yeah. Yeah, it's just something like um, Grateful Dead, their like whole theming as well feels like that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Cause they're just like uh, a fucking soft rock jam band, psych rock, like hippie, super Doesn't get fucking more hippie boring. band than the Grateful Dead. I fucking hate the Grateful Dead so much. Oh, man. I can't, I just can't do big hippie jam bands like that. I can't understand like listening to it and just being like, yes, this is what I'm, I'm satisfied listening because we've this. never done acid yeah probably yeah yeah i mean well i've never done acid and i'm i'm satisfied listening to the mollusk right it's certainly more interesting than anything the grateful dead <laughs> has ever done oh yeah for sure yeah yeah um there's a line in the mollusk uh, the second verse does it speaketh of the trinity right and i'm really curious this song kind of it, it hints at things that are uh, mentioned in the, later on in the album as well. Like there's reference to the mollusks, mollusks wandering eye. Yeah. Like what? What do you think of those two things specifically? Like 
what what are they what are their significance honestly i just kind of chalked it up to like here's a little like nod to a like catholic symbolism thing and then like the wandering eye just kind of sounded weird i feel like everything is more intentional than that like on one hand i get like nothing needs to mean anything it can just be like in there because it's trippy or i saw it when i was on shrooms or whatever right but like yeah some of the songs on this that we're gonna get to are more uh more obvious than that when being like i'm on drugs this is drugs yeah yeah this song it's a drug song yeah and the trinity line isn't and like there's a again there's a lot of speculation online about it but i couldn't find anything concrete so i was just curious yeah honestly like I don't think I'm as into this album as you are. I think it's a I think it's a good album. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that it's a bad album. I'm just like, I don't know, I felt nothing about this album. That's so lame. <laughs> I know. I'm just like there like what do I have to talk about about it? You know, like I've got I've got nothing for you. Well, why not? Like say that. It's very like fanciful and like whimsical and it's like nothing feels concrete enough for me lyrically to like get into it or like that interesting to me lyrically. And then like musically, it just feels very like stripped down, but not like doing a whole lot with any one instrument. It just I don't know. It feels very like there's not like a lot of complexity to anything and like a lot of stuff is very repetitive and it's just like. The whole time I was listening to it, I was just kind of like, man, I wish I was doing something else. I wholly disagree with you. And I was this album feels like one of those points where it's like, like I listened to it and I was like, wow, I don't like this really like much at all. But Devin's going to love it. I thoroughly expected you to be super into this album based on our other conversations on this podcast. Right. Um. And we can go, well, the, like, we talk a lot about tonal whiplash, and I think this has so much of that. It does and it doesn't? Nah, it does. Polka Dot Tail to I'll Be Your Johnny on the Spot is like, what the fuck? What is going on here? I, I don't know. It just kind of feels like they turned on distortion. Like, that's, that doesn't, like, constitute tonal whiplash for me. No way. It does. It goes from this weird straightforward waltz with like a psychedelic solo to this like crunchy country spoken word talk singy thing they're completely different it's like yeah the but most... they're not like far enough like i don't when i listen to them i'm not like wow i can't believe the same band made this you know i am okay i'm just being clear that like i was not really invested in this okay well what do you want to talk about um I mean, I guess the next song. Sure. Polka Dot Tail. I honestly, I don't remember much about this one. It's a weird one. This one is definitely a more stripped down, like, it's like a trippy waltz. Yeah. And this is one that keeps coming up on my fucking Spotify. Like, of all the songs on this album that could come up and, like, be in mixes and shit, this is the one that keeps keeps coming up. And I'm like, it just seems like a nursery rhyme mixed with an acid trip. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of like Blanket blanket of Flies. Wow. Good one. A lot of this album like gives me that vibe. It's weird vibe. It's a it's a weird thing that I hadn't listened hadn't heard it later. Right. I hadn't heard it sooner. Earlier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Like what? Like the lines in Polka Dot Tail are not anything. Yeah. Have you ever made a flan and squished it in your hand, or a flan? I would say flan, but I guess for the rhyme. Yeah, <laughs> it, it makes me think of that. Uh, there's a Twitter that's like food being crushed aggressively, and people just oh send God. in pictures of them like crushing food in their hand. That's yeah. It's it's something. When I first heard that line, I was like, "Is that what I heard? What else? Yeah, what yeah. else could it be?" But there's no. I was like, "There's no way." Yep. Yep. Nope. That's it. Have you ever made a flan and squish it in your hand? But then also, like, have you ever tried to shrink, like, an ice cube in the sink? I think there's good imagery here. Yeah. Like, that is indicative of, like, a, a very specific state of mind. Right. You know? Yeah, like, I feel like I, I feel like the flan line as well, like, it's very weird. And, like, I'm not sure what any, like, significance anything has. And honestly, like, I feel that way about a lot of the lyrics on this album, but like, yeah, I will say the the shrinking in the sink, the the flan line, like those are both very good visual lines. Yeah, I think a lot of the lyrics are unimportant. Yeah, uh, to say the least, like they don't really they don't they're not like super intelligent lyrics or anything. Yeah. Although I will say I really like the mollusk, the song, the mollusk. I think that's a good song. Yeah, that is a really good song. Um, The band thinks that's the best song they've ever written. Mm-hmm. which is a weird weird vibe but yeah. uh yeah see like that's kind of my issue with a lot of this album is like the lyrics are often very nonsensical and like i don't know like whimsy is not a thing that i really like vibe with at all okay and this is like a very whimsical album and like that's something that you really like like you you get into like a lot of stuff where there's like a sense of whimsy or there was a word that i used another time to describe the same thing like fanciful right and that's just like i don't i don't like get that at all i don't i don't understand like the appeal of it generally right i think some of it's whimsical i think some of it's really dark can something be whimsical and dark yeah i guess so yeah i would say that i guess they're not mutually exclusive yeah and and like when it's combined in that way it's like similar to how like tool i'd never got into them either because like i remember you guys playing um the fucking i met a boy wearing van yeah yeah yeah. and like that (laughs) song just like turned me off of them so much like because i like the rhythm of it and everything but like there's just like a vibe that i don't like this like whimsical but like kind of gross vibe and like okay it just it's so unappealing to me fair enough yeah. Fair enough. That uh, is a, I think, unique example for Tool, but that's a different uh, That's fair conversation. That's for when I give you the Tool discography. Oh my god, the whole thing, yeah. Honestly, I would be really interested to, to do an episode about Tool, because I could see myself being more into them now. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, Polka Dot Tail, it's very, it's like a, a, a trippy waltz. Yeah. And there's that, that weird, washed out, psychedelic solo in it. But not much else to say about that one. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of points on this album where it like relies on a solo to break up the monotony of a song. And that never like really delivers for me because I'm I'm so I'm so bored of guitar. Like, right. Unless it's doing some really weird shit like like a Chon does, like where it's like very guitar focused, but it's like this weird math rock shit. I'm just kind of like. Okay. There's not really that 
many guitar solos on this, though. There are more synth solos, keyboard solos. Not a lot of guitar solos. There's maybe two. Two that I can think of. Okay. I feel like there was a few. Or three. Maybe they're not solos. Maybe there's some of them are bridges, but, you know. Yeah, like a little interlude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tonal Whiplash. I'll be your Johnny on the spot. Sure. They they pressed the pedal. Yep. No. It's wit. Yeah, we fundamentally disagree there. Yeah. The first time that that came on after Polka Dot Tail and the Mollusk, I was like, the fuck is this? Like, this isn't the... This isn't the vibe. This isn't underwater. Yeah. It's just kind of like a southerny sounding weird guitar. Apparently, apparently before this, they did a song called or an album called 12 Golden Country Greats, which had 10 songs on it. But it was like, we're doing a country album. And so like, I feel like there's a couple of songs. This and what's that other one? This and Waving My Dick in the Wind. Right. Are kind of I feel like those are overlap from this funny country album we did, which is like seems out of place. Those songs feel like an album or feel like a band that could open for Primus, and they have played together. Yeah, there's a lot sense. of uh, there's a lot of overlap between the Primus and Ween fan bases. When I saw the last time I saw Primus, I saw a bunch of people there with Ween shirts on, and I was like. Ween's not playing. I have a thing against wearing a band shirt uh, to a show of a band that's not playing. Right. A band shirt of a band that's not playing at the show that you're at. I don't know the best way to word that. But yeah, like, if I'm not going to see fucking Ween, I'm not going to wear a Ween shirt. Yeah. Right? Not going to wear my Justin Bieber shirt from his baby tour. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to wear my Jonas Brothers shirt when I go see Slayer. Like, it's just not... <laughs> Even though you Not because I don't like fans. the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was also like, does being your Johnny on the spot mean that you want to have someone like pee in your mouth? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, what? it's like a, a Johnny on the spot actually means like a person who's ready to help at a moment's notice. Right. You're always willing to bring over your fucking plunger when my when I have a big old shit. Yeah, yeah. When I, I hold, drop a no, no, fat that, shit. No, ma- maintaining the 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 toilet example just muddies the waters. Um, <laughs> I bet, eh? <laughs> yep. Uh, you're always willing to bring over your screwdriver when I need it because I can't afford one screwdriver. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like just you're just a just a good just oh that guy just a great just a Johnny on the spot kind of a guy you know just always willing to. So well, to help out a little bit less, more toilet humory if you don't know about it, but less toilet humory if you know the origin of the term, I guess. And I guess calling it that is like you know a bathroom, a John, a porta potty, Johnny on the sp- you got you know you get yeah, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Did you want to talk about uh, mutilated lips? Sure, mutilated lips. Th- this was another one that I liked more on this album. I really like the like kind of constant flowing lyric delivery and it kind of kind of reminds me of like Red Hot Chili Peppers with that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like this album kind of has three kinds of songs. Yeah. Uh and one of them is this like soft beachy psych rock. Yeah. Which like the mollusk and this and uh, it's going to be all right, fall into, which we'll get to. And then there's like tw- twists on traditional folk songs. Right. And then there's outliers, 
which is a broader group, but that's like that's like the Johnny on the spot and the wave of my dick in the wind, like ones that don't fit into the whole motif. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I love mutilated lips. I love this song. I think it's super super good. It's got like before I uh, read that they recorded the album in a beach house i was like this just sounds like sitting on the beach and tripping out tripping out on the beach man yeah 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 i feel like um i feel like there's a few songs on the album that like have more compositional depth than the other songs or like it feels like the different instruments are like interplaying better yeah and like this is the one that like i think does that a lot yeah, this one has a lot of this one makes really good use of effects as like blending tools for the instruments, which is weird. Yeah. Like they might have the same effect on a couple of instruments, which makes them sound more like one sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing they use a lot too is the combo of like acoustic guitar and synth, which I think that's what makes it have that beachy sound is the acoustic guitar. But then it's like and you're like oh fuck i'm in space space beach space beach yeah dude (laughs) um there's also like yeah there's a lot of just production techniques on this that feel very classic like the doubling like double tracked vocals again is like the classic like psych rock thing there's a lot like it definitely seems like they took what they know about a genre and applied it very well here yeah yeah for sure I do feel like Mutilated Lips kind of goes on a bit long. A little bit. It is a little bit long. Um, but I think it's okay because it's between two kind of like short ones. Yeah. And it's also okay for me at least because I dig that vibe. Right. That whole feel. Yeah. I, I mean, I I, li- I do like the song. I, I like the vibe of it. It's probably, there's two others that could compete for favorite. Right, okay. Yeah, but this is definitely like in the top three. This is up there for me as well. Yeah, just a little long, but like that's kind of something I'm always, I always bring up because like, I don't know, I have a very like low attention span for like when a song repeats parts, especially like a chorus. Right. Yeah. Right, that's fair. That is a hint to me at which one is your, will be up there for your favorites. There's a an effect that they use. I've only heard it like a couple of other times on other song, like di- by other bands. But it's like a pre, a pre reverb where like the line reverbs in and then they say it. Yeah, it's like reversed or something, and it's like coming a bit before. Yeah, sometimes it's reversed. Sometimes it's just, it just says it forward. Yeah, <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they do that on the on the verse. I think in this, and I I like that a lot. This one again. This was like written on LSD. So, you know. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. I don't need to repeat that every single time. I'm pretty sure, you know, it all sounds like it's fucking written on a bunch of psychedelics. So, yeah. yeah. It probably was. Probably. <laughs> um, The Blarney Stone, track six. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Blarney Stone? What it is? Uh, It's like an Irish thing, right? It's an Irish thing in... um. It is a stone in County Cork uh, that like was just a big rock. I think they used it to build like some towers and whatever. But uh, the legend goes that if you kiss the Blarney Stone, you get the gift of gab. Right. The the you become charismatic 
And so this is, I think it's supposed to be like Irish pirates, you know, pining for home. Right. Okay. It's like the Mr. Krabs theme song. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, honestly, like the first vibe I got of this was like, is this supposed to be like making fun of Irish people? I think it's pirates specifically. Yeah, yeah. Right? It is a sea shanty. It's supposed to be this drunken, swaying thing. So, you know, in that way, yeah, it's making fun of Irish people. Yeah. But uh, not not directly. I think it's more like, here's a song about or from the perspective of, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think, like, the the first verse is, like, yeah, not great and kind of, like, set the tone of it for me. Yeah, that's very, very fair. Um. I think that it ties to, well, hold on a second. Yeah. Do you want to just read it out? Yes. The whole thing. Yeah. Get off of my ass, you wee bitty fuck. If I pull out the claymore, you're shit out of luck. Who's that girl, that pretty young thing? After I fuck her, she'll get up and sing. Um, I think, and this is a theory I developed only on my last listen through of the album. I think it's tied to the last song uh, she wanted to leave. Okay. Yeah, they're both kind of very much the same vibe. Yeah, similar vibe. And this is this song is about a pirate or a to me, it sounds like a pirate, right? It yeah. references the Claymore. It references now. See, uh, the, the Claymore you know, is actually what makes me think it's not a pirate. Why is that? Because a Claymore is like a it's like a large sword. It's like a two handed sword that would have been used by like, you know, Scottish and Irish people welsh as well i think and like pirates had like cutlasses and shit they, they didn't really have yeah, that's big true. swords that's very true yeah um i guess they could have said cutlass there eh? yeah 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 uh i don't know it says like i got ooze in my pores my feet are all wet i got mold in my ears it's like i've spent too much time on the boat the bread's going stale i need to get back to dry land this is what i get from it yeah that's fair that's fair and like I think that the girl that he references is the same girl that uh, ends up being murdered, but is pined for in the last song. Right. But then he ends up, this pirate ends up throwing her away or not caring about her. And we'll talk about the way that it ties in once we get to the end, I guess. But that's my personal theory. Right. Okay. I could see that. So definitely like, yeah, the, after I fuck her, she'll get up and sing like, that's not a great line, but it also is like very accurate for like a pirate's attitude towards women. Like, yeah, yeah. We just fuck all the time. Arr, yeah, yeah, yeah. For I'm sure. a. I'm gonna fuck a. Oh, I forgot what the creature's called. What are they called? Mollusk? The. No, not a mollusk. <laughs> no. uh, I'm gonna uh, manatee. fuck a mollusk. Manatee. I'm gonna fuck a manatee. <laughs> Check this shit out, boys. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> don't have sex with sea creatures, folks. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Uh, yeah, it's a classic sea shanty. It's like there's accordion. There's like this, the droning, you know, single chord yeah. vibe. I think it's a good tune. I'm on board for it. Uh, it's weird to hear something like that written as an original song. Yeah, I could see that. You know, that's not just, it's like copying a traditional style but not uh, not copying a traditional song. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think the first line like turned me off of it enough where I was like, kind of like, okay, the rest of this is is decent. 
I find it hard for me to like appreciate all the songs that are kind of like using traditional structures because like it has been done so many times. I feel like it's like not super it's not very impressive to me creatively to make them, but that's like that doesn't matter. It's just like that subjectively affects how I feel about them. Right. Um, I don't feel the same. I feel like it's more of a they're putting more of a twist on it than that. This one, not so much. This one is really just like straight up like a traditional sea shanty. Right. And I think that's fine. I think that's I think that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. If you want, it's more, it's also more of an exercise to be like, let's try writing. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I don't know what their, what their style, like, obviously their style is not a Celtic folk band. So it might be more of an exercise for them to write that than something else. Yeah. Which is why I say like, that's only really subjective. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's gonna be all right. So I mentioned Blanket of Flies earlier. I feel like this is the... I feel like a lot of the songs on this album give me that vibe, but this is the one where I'm like, this is that, this is the track on the album. That's just kind of like the ambient, like washy kind of feeling thing. Yep. This one sounds actually very quickly should mention what blanket of flies is. Yeah. Uh, because it's nothing. Um, it's a song that I, that actually, my friends Andrew and Chancellor wrote, and I wrote lyrics for when we were music for deaf people back in the day. And uh, Alphonse is referencing that as a trippy, weird, like bizarre tune. So didn't you sing it in the the elf voice? That's the elf voice one, yeah. right? There's there's a part there's a part in it, yeah, that I sound sounds like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> My favorite. Yeah, I bust out the elf voice in it. Uh, you can look it up. It's music for deaf people on Spotify. Uh, Blanket of flies. Anyway, um, it's gonna be all right. Is the song that like this? This doesn't sound like it's beachy. It sounds underwater. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Like the chorus on the guitar. This is the one. Like there's like a a crazy reverb on what they're using for the snare that sounds like the same kind of thing you hear on like a radar ping right. or a sonar ping. You know, right, right. And it's like very breathy and it sounds like you're scuba diving and you hear someone playing the song from underwater over there. Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty cool, I think. I I just yeah, I just found like myself being like this song feels really long. And then I checked the time and it was like three minutes and 17 seconds. And I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) see, again, I did not feel yeah, I, I was. I'm so into the production and all of the different sounds that they're using on this. Yeah, that there's always something for me to pay attention to, and that's really what I thought you would enjoy and appreciate, like the palette of sounds. I, I think that's the thing is like I don't, I'm not invested enough in it in like the base level of like, like I feel like production is like the last part of me picking apart music. But it's arrangement. Sure. Like, I think that's a different thing, though. Like, I think, like, the way that the song is, like, you know, the reverb effect that they put on this drum, like, that's that's totally, like, gonna pop up if it's strong enough in the song. But, like, I don't know. I need to be invested in, like, 
the levels before that, before I like am thinking about that. A song could be produced fucking terribly, but like still kind of have a good rhythm to it and like good interplay between the different instruments. And I'll be like happy. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. How, well, how do you feel about, I mean, I, I'm just, uh, surprised that you didn't have more to say about just the sonic palette in general. Just the instruments, the synth sounds. In this one? No, just overall so far. I mean, we're halfway through the I, album. I just found it boring. It feels very, like, flat to me. It just kind of felt like there's a guitar and there's, like, some kind of little extra bits of synth. And, you know, not realizing that, like, a lot of the, you know, quote-unquote orchestral instruments are done, like, using that um right that's just that's a theory right yeah. <laughs> just that's what i think yeah i just it not none of the colors they're using to paint this album are like that compelling to me okay i don't mean to be like like oh fuck this album because like i do feel like it's it's better than i enjoy like it's gonna get a higher objective scale than it will get subjective for sure right okay yeah I think it's going to be all right is it's like a little bit more honest and real sounding. I think it's probably the only song on the album that sounds like that to me. Yes, it's it's lacking a lot of the whimsy. And I appreciate yeah. that about it, at least. Yeah, I think they I read that one of them was going through a breakup and like when they were working on writing it, they couldn't get in the right headspace because the breakup was taking up too much of their mental capacity, basically. Right. So then, so they ended up pulling this out together. So turmoil, see, emotional turmoil creates good art. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't like this song, but sure. Right. It, is it a duo? Yep. Two guys, Gene and Dean Ween. Wow. Yeah. I kind of figured yep. um, just from like the production, because it feels very much like possible to play with minimal people. Yes, uh, they do have, they started out um, similarly to They Might Be Giants, who you are also familiar with, yep. as just two guys and like acoustic guitars and a drum machine. Right. And then they, once they started not doing that and playing actual shows, they got band members and they have like a rotating ensemble of guest musicians and touring musicians and keyboardists and whatever to like create all of these that are going on. But yeah, the band is two guys, stage names, Gene and Dean. Right. Yeah, that that makes sense. It kind of reminded me of um, Death from Above in the way that it's like it, it's making use of effects and stuff to fill out the sound. Right. Yeah, it definitely does that. Yeah, it definitely does that. There's uh, I think a lot. Well, something that we didn't mention on uh, Johnny on the Spot is like the drums in that are just like, here's a fucking mid 90s drum synth. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Just that that um, train drum track. Like it not the band train, like a train. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drops of Jupiter, man. <laughs> Good song. Banger. <laughs> uh okay, okay. Um, let's go to the golden eel. Yeah. Tell me about this one. I think this is like I was kind of like, okay, this is a this is a cool vibe. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of kept doing the same thing over and over again. And it layers things over it and like does stuff with that. But like, it, it's kind of like what I said, like the, the palette that they're working with isn't very compelling to me. And so adding more layers to it, like if I'm continuing this like painting metaphor, 
it's just kind of like adding more texture without any structure that I'm interested in. Okay. This is so interesting to me because this one, I was like, this is going to fucking, this is going to hit for Alphonse. Yep. I was like, it comes in with this very like sparse single guitar, weird like hand drum thing Mm -hmm. going on. There's this strange like bubble synth. And hand drums usually do it for me. I'm aware. Yeah. And there's and it's just like this weird one voice watching the EO. Yeah, yeah. What is going on? And then and I like that. The verse is very long, but I think that makes the when the chorus comes in, the chorus just sounds huge. And it's these huge toms contrasting with this very sparse verse. And I think that works super well. And I was like, yep, based on conversations we've had on other albums, it's totally gonna connect here. Isn't it just I thought the that it was basically just the chorus like repeating over and over. What do you mean? With like with like different instruments coming in over it. I'm not sure what you're referring to exactly. There's the lyrics like which I assumed were the chorus that's like about the golden eel. And then it just kind of like kept repeating that and the like, you know, the instrumentation that goes alongside it. Like, it just seemed like those were, like, almost the only lyrics in it. The lyrics are just the, like, I cannot reveal the words of the golden eel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But instrumentally, I thought it was gonna, I thought it was gonna do it for you. See, it's like, it keeps repeating the, like, you know, the, that section over and over again. And it does, like, build up. And, like, there are songs that I like that do that. But, like... Right. I think I think this song would have hit me better if it was earlier on in the album. But at this point, like I'm already kind of like checked out and then it keeps going for long enough that I'm just like, okay, it's not doing enough like structurally to like make me very interested in it. Yeah, the structure is like a repetitive structure. I think for me, the fact that the verse is so sparse and the chorus is so large sounding makes it net positive i guess right and i I have a hard time like defining like a chorus or a verse without lyrics as well which is why i'm having a bit of difficulty yeah yeah explaining um that's fine yeah um the golden eel is a great example of a song that is literally just exactly what it says apparently it's just about being high surprise on your 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 pick your pick of uh mind-altering substance and sitting in a room where there's a fish tank with an eel in it right and watching the eel yep that that sounds about right and like that is not that's not my thing like, right i'm not uh i'm not into like man i want to just fucking take so many drugs and just put on like just get fucking blasted and put on magical mystery tour or whatever if anything that's more my vibe than yours it's more your vibe. Yeah. Did you listen to this high at all? Yes, I did. Ah. I listened to this uh, sober while doing dishes. I listened to it high while doing dishes. And I listened to it <laughs> high while drawing. Okay. Yeah. It's good. Just on the weed will be specific. Yeah. But um, just curious. Just curious because I didn't. I'm just uh, I'm just a perfect... Sober lad. Law-abiding citizen. <laughs> and weed's illegal here. <laughs> yeah, it's super illegal. It's very illegal. 
they cut your dick off if you smoke weed in Canada. Yeah, they they <laughs> they make you cut your own dick off, and then they cut your hands off after you finish cutting your dick off using your hands. Yeah, and then they make you use the same light. They make you use the same lighter that you that you smoke your bowls with to cauterize the wound. Yeah, yeah, and they make you. It has to be the same lighter. They make you smoke your chopped up foreskin. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, dude. They make you. They make you fucking. No, no, I'm not gonna say that. That's too much. No, do you want me to? Okay, I'll do it. Trigger warning. This is gruesome. They make you fucking cut down the edge of your dick, your cut off penis, uh-huh. and scoop out all the meat, and then roll up the skin into a fucking joint. Yep. And uh, and you use and then you smoke it. Well, you use the vast deferens. You pull that out and you uh, you use oh. that as like the you know when you have the hemp. Whoa, hemp hold on wire, a minute! No, 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 twine, no. You kind of like no, that. but that's not. Those are the balls. They keep the balls. No, no, no. Don't but like, you fucking vote for the government? You can pull some of it out. <laughs> oh my god! You know how many miles of uh, stuff there is in the human body? <laughs> not as many as people say. <laughs> Probably not. Eh? All right. Uh, cold blows the wind. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. So here's an interesting thing. This is interesting. And you were like, man, I I said a fact about the album. And then you were like, man, I feel like you're way more into this than I am. Um, yeah, but truly like, I didn't, I didn't care about like, oh, I'm going to find out all this stuff. I was just like, I should do some research before the episode. Right. And so that's, that's really where I was at. Like, I'm not. I'm not into it enough to like, I'm going to find out everything about how they made this. And yeah. Blah. I was just, you know, intrigued. But this song, this song was a very interesting thing to me because this was apparently the first song they wrote for the album. Okay. And it was a dark stormy night in the beach house. Uh, and apparently they had kicking around this book of 17th century folk songs. Right. And it had the lyrics for this song in it. And so it inspired the whole project and they had never heard the song before. So they just wrote their own chord progression and tempo and whatever, and then just put these lyrics to it. Right. Um, And of course, before I knew that I was like, yeah, this sounds like, you know, a traditional folk song, like mourning the dead. Yeah. It's very, it's very obvious because it is, there's nothing else to say about it really. Yeah. Um, But I just thought that that the idea that this whole project came from this book of folk songs, more or less is cool to me. Yeah. That honestly explains uh why this is possibly one of my this is along with mutilated lips and another one. Uh this is one of the favorites. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean it, it lacks any of the the like kind of whimsical psychedelic vibe that like yep. isn't really my jam. And it's got like, you know, it's spooky. I love spooky shit. It's definitely spooky. Yeah. And yeah. it and it's got like a almost like a Western kind of vibe as well. Like it feels um, like a wild West type vibe. It's like a Southern folk. Yeah. Song. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, There's a, there's a line. Dig me a grave, both long, wide and deep. Yeah. Both of three things. Yep. Honestly, that's such a, like that itself is such a, like, western like southwesternism it's weird not specifically like saying both and whatever but like that kind of like odd grammar where it doesn't quite fit properly 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I see that a lot in like songs that are uh, either themed after stuff from that or like legitimately from that era. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, this song is lower on the list. Okay. Uh, not because of its lack of whimsy, uh, but I think it's just kind of slow and plodding. But that's just Definitely. because like it feels weird between Golden Eel and Pink Eye. Yeah. And it's not really like adding anything to the album for me. See, this is the one that I would say has tonal whiplash. Between like the Golden Eel to this? Yeah, and just like in the album in general. Okay. Because it doesn't like feel like it fits in at all. No, I mean this and Blarney Stone are like the closest together in being like the f- traditional folky vibes. Yeah. But this is a far cry from a sea shanty. Yes, absolutely. It feels like if it was in a movie, you would see like the pirates on the ship singing the Blarney Stone and then somebody dies and they have to get them back to shore and then it shows like them walking up to yeah. like a grave, a communal pirate grave and burying them to this song. Just very different vibes, very different uh, emotional material, emotional depth, I guess. Yeah. 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 I like this one a lot and I, I'm kind of a sucker for waltzes as well. I know. Yeah. You know, I like a waltz, which is probably <laughs> That's another reason why you thought I'd like this album. I think it's just, it's close, but it's like almost in that uncanny valley because there's like things that I do like, but then there's stuff that like turns me off entirely that is kind of pervasive ah. throughout the whole album. Right. Interesting. Yeah. There's a, uh, I guess in like the second verse or in the outro, there's like a weird Mellotron synth that comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of takes it further from that folk vibe, which I think is really cool. Because this this is what I mean when I said, like, there's there's three kinds of songs. This is the twisted folk song. Yeah. Right? This one does that the most. And I think that definitely lifts it up from being just, like, this dirge. Yeah. Yeah. It, it very much reminds me of Tom Waits, actually. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Right. They should have sang this song in the Blarney Stone voice. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I'm Tom <laughs> Waits. <me> a grave. <laughs> Don't yep. do that to yourself. Gonna throw out my You're fucking voice. You're gonna die. Voice. I need rest of the podcast gonna, gonna sound like shit. I mean, probably already does. That's not true. You you do a Kuno, Kuno, pig, Kuno. Hey, I'm Kuno. That's Tom Waits oh as Kuno. Hey, hey, I'm Kuno. I'm Greymon now. <laughs> Hire me as a voice actor, please. <laughs> uh, pink eye on my leg. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of this? Yeah. Anything? Uh, my notes say pink eye on my leg. And then under it, it just says, sure. Uh. I think it's kind of funny. Like, just the... Uh. Yeah, I don't, I just don't get it. Yeah, like it feels like... It feels like this was really funny for them when they made it more than it's like funny for an audience. Totally. There's a there's a cool little like slapback delay on the drums. Again, just a little effect that I like. Yeah, it's there. Uh, I've noticed you can only hear I I listened to this album three different times on three different listening devices at three different distances. Wow. So I listened to it once on headphones, once on my living room uh, speakers, which is like the couch is like across the... and they're a nice set of speakers right like they're bose yeah, or they're like some bose speakers yeah. are pretty good um and then i listen to them at my computer 
like reference monitors, which are very close to my face. Right. Right. They're like a, a, f- a foot and a half, two feet away from my face. Yeah. And each one was a very different, distinct experience. And I heard things in each one that I didn't hear in the others. Right. Which is a, just a, from my, from my perspective, a very interesting thing to get. Like, you can't get the, uh, you know, the duplication on the mollusk when you're listening to it from across the room. Yeah. But you get that on the other two, for example. I, I think maybe, uh, maybe that's why I didn't pick up on all the production stuff as well. Like, I'm listening on very nice headphones, and I use two different pairs, but they're both, like, Audio-Technica uh, headphones. So I imagine, like, that sure. creates a bias by company. Sometimes stuff just has to interact in the air. Right, right. And I right. don't really and have like, a, just to, a great method for that. Yeah. I'm going to mail you some speakers. I would love that. Yeah. Uh, you bet I would. Uh, yeah. Pink Eye is like, whatever. It's a weird little instrumental that's, uh, it's not too long. I'm glad it's not. Yeah. It's fine. I think it's kept from being not too long by that, like the moaning that comes in. Yeah. Because when that comes in, you're like, huh? And then it does it like once and you're like, okay, I guess this is still going on. And then it goes, it starts going, uh, 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 and then it's just like, it, it stops the, any monotony that might be created. But yeah, I personally didn't think that it was, it was too long to begin with. Oh, that reminds me. Oh wait, you know what? I, I thought I was remembering something about Johnny on the spot, but it's actually something about waving my dick in the wind. Uh, yes. Let's talk about waving my dick in the wind. Yeah. This seems like it must be where the term lost in the sauce is from just, uh, with its age, I guess. I don't, I don't think it's maybe not from here. I think, I mean, they probably pulled it from somewhere. The sauce was already a term. Yeah. For alcohol, true. True. Right. Yeah. Cause I guess I'm, I'm mostly familiar with the term lost in the sauce as like a modern yes. thing in like, you know, memes and shit. Don't get lost in the sauce, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, but ween, meme, ween, <laughs> Buckingham Green. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is a, this is such a weird fucking song because this is like if Johnny on the spot is one version of this, this is like a cross now between Johnny on the spot and a more trippy song. Yeah, this was actually this was the first non ocean man song that I heard by ween. Cause uh, this is what Ringo showed me to be like, Hey, you should listen to, to ween. I would never give this to someone and say that. Well, I think he was just trying to show off that it was like goofy. And honestly, like this, this song in the context of only knowing ocean man, I would be like, okay, this, this could be like a funny album. Yeah. I, I kind of get from uh Johnny on the spot and this one, I kind of get like, cake vibes you know how yeah, cake is yeah, yeah, yeah. similarly very they're like they're more funky yeah. but they like they pull uh influences from all over the place and they have like some southern what's the fucking song stick shifts and safety belts yeah that song rules like the chicken picking yeah um might give you cake cake would be cool cake would be cool um yeah it's like country vibe synthy i want to hear like real country with synth like with keyboards in it Right, right. I think that'd be weird. Yeah. I might have a I might have a country album I could give you. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Conway Twitty's greatest hits. Oh man, that'd be sick. Golden golden hits. <laughs> um yeah, nothing really to say about Wave My Deck in the Wind. It's it's not really anything for me. Well, I 
Yeah. I do. I really like, and I think it's really funny, the um, the whole, like, the way that the plot of the song kind of shifts to being about Jimmy Wilson, about old Jimmy Wilson and how you should see <laughs> yeah. him dance. And he's like, oh, I'm doing That's the best true. I can. And it's like... He almost sounds like this like pathetic figure that's being forced to dance and like I wonder yeah who the fuck is he and what it's kind of funny to me in you that know what? way I, yeah I'm looking at the lyrics again and like there's it's almost like this is a conversation that's being had on camera one while on camera two another subplot unfolds yeah yeah and then all of a sudden camera one just turns off and it cuts to camera two <laughs> for the rest of the thing and then it's like there's jimmy there's old jimmy wilson but i don't get it's like a trucker song you know it's this it is the same thing as like as stick shifts and safety belts as the fucking it's the chicken picking yeah you know yeah yeah little little bluegrass inspired but like kind of disparate from that i got chill (laughs) sure uh okay i'd like to take a guess okay is Buckingham Green the other one that is on the list for favorite? Here's here's my notes for Buckingham Green. So fucking boring. Quote unquote. Here's some weird nonsense. In brackets. Guitar solo you've heard a thousand fucking times. Quote unquote. More bullshit. Brackets. Ends. I don't like this song at all. I think this is like one of the worst songs on the album. This is one of the best fucking songs on the album. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like this. It gets gigantic and orchestral. The guitar solo is one of the coolest guitar solos I've ever heard. Right. I fucking I was I got nothing from that guitar. solo. I'm so I'm so like, I don't know. I'm just done with guitar solos. Like unless it's like it's just this awesome melodic acoustic solo that starts off just like basically two guitars doing the same thing goes off into some super weird harmonies and like counter melody shit. It's crazy. There's like this is this is just a prog rock song. It just is. See, it just like it doesn't feel like that at all to me. Like I I didn't pick up on anything like I hadn't heard before. I I didn't even pay attention to how I guess or didn't notice how massive and like progressive it was until the first listen for this episode. And like there's strings in it, there's a choir on it. It's like it seemed out of nowhere for yeah. me on this album. And I was like, it's crazy. Just crazy. Yeah. The song rocks. I think like I didn't get any of the like proggy stuff of it from it. And then like for me, it's like you can you can make a song huge, but like that doesn't immediately make me interested in it. I like big sounding songs, but like it doesn't mean anything to me that it is that it is big. There's like no, I mean, when I say progressive, I mean, like it's, it's linear. It doesn't really repeat until the end. There's like, it's like verse, verse. And then there's this instrumental and the whole middle section of the song is like completely different. Right. And for the amount of repetition that's on this, it's good. It's a very different song on the album. Great song. Sure. I give this song an eight. I give it like a two. So that makes 10 total. Eight plus two is 10. Yep. I think it's minus. I think you have to minus it if they're different. If they're... Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So if you give something a 10 and I give it an 8, that means it's a 2, actually. Because 10 minus 8 is 2. Right. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
So if you, we have to, so subtract, I have the right rating. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a negative six. Two minus eight. Your two minus my eight. Sure. <laughs> I'm bad at math. Hello. Wow. Wow, man. I, uh, I don't even know you anymore, dude. Who are you? I mean, <laughs> like, honestly, every expectation I had for this album was just wrong. Yeah. No, like, I yeah. just, I am not into it. But you know what song I am into? Uh, the reprise of the intro track at the very end. Yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah. My favorite part. You're into Ocean Man. Yeah, Ocean Man's a banger. And it's yeah, short. It's classic. And it's, and there's, there's the little like guitar that's kind of always just kind of noodling around to the sides. And I think that really helps keep it lively. It's mandolin. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love a mandolin. Even when I don't know it's yep. a mandolin. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, so this is the one that was on the end of the, it was the ending credits of the SpongeBob movie, right? Yeah. And like when I was a kid, I was, I would be embarrassed to tell someone I liked this because to me it was so synonymous with SpongeBob. Right, right. And like I didn't know, I didn't know anything, you know, and that was supposed to be the end of the show originally that was the original intention right and so it was like it seemed so like ubiquitous that this was like a spongebob song even though i knew it wasn't like written for the movie or anything but yeah 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 i get you so just weird it's a great like surf rock song yeah it's a great song i i think this is one of the ones that also feels like the most oceany the most beachy like it really conveys that yep oh yeah there's like the surf solo yeah yeah that tone that fucking guitar tone is just it's really good in this song it's creamy yeah yeah wow yeah really good song okay <laughs> i don't have to say anything else about ocean man although it references uh the <laughs> the overman oh is that the ubermensch yeah <laughs> can you see through the wonder of amazement at the oberman huh i don't know what the fuck it is like again what if ween were just hard nazis like out of nowhere. Whoa. Okay. Nazism and Nietzscheanism are not. The idea of the Ubermensch was not a a, a, a Nazi um, leaning idea. Right. But we're not going to go there. Yeah. Um. You could give me a whole a whole lecture on the Ubermensch. I don't. I don't <laughs> want to do it. Uh. You know. No. Actually, I'm not like super into Nietzsche personally, but that's just. That's just me. That's fair. I've read some, read some, read like the important stuff. Doesn't matter. It's pretty nice. <laughs> There's the line, the voyage to the corner of the globe is a real trip. Yeah, trip, trip, trip. It's a great line. And I've always wondered what that means. Like, you know, like flat earther, man, you got to get to the corners of the world. No, it's a disc. <laughs> right. Or right. whatever. Uh, um, it's a fucking time cube, man. Got to keep up. I think it's saying like the world is round. So... If you want a real trip, find the corner. Well, you you know, like the corners of the globe is like a, a seafaring, like a nautical thing, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But I think it's like it's referencing like it's a trip and trip double entendre. Yeah. And it's corner of the globe in the, the nautical sense and corner of the globe in like a flat earth. Like the world is flat sense. Yeah. Don't want to say flat earth sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, take me by the hand, lead. Like it's a, I think it's a plea. It's a plea to the ocean man. Right. The ocean man 
is the overman, I think is what they're saying. Yeah. The, the ocean man is like a higher form of being. The true ideal human person is someone who's just right. chill and is out at the ocean. They're doing what and they who want. soaks up, soaking up the thirst of the land. Like every one of these lines is a good line. They're really a good. A good, strong. And they, and they have a great rhythm. They do. Yeah. This song rocks. Yeah. It's a banger. Is. And then there's the last song on the album. Personally, I think that Ocean Man could have been the last song. On the same. Album. Very much same. But we have She Wanted to Leave. Yeah. Just to bring the mood right back down before they let you go. Yep. But although, you know what? Admittedly, this is, I like this as an outro track as well, because similarly, and this reminded me of something that I would do, where it's like the big ending song, the final one, and then the like soft. Yeah, yeah. The the hidden sun, you know, the hidden sun, dude. Yeah. But also this is like, so this song is about, I wouldn't say a pirate, but a sailor who has his love taken away. Yeah. At sea. Right. And she wanted to leave. She wanted to leave. And I, my theory is that these three men who came were the pirates from the Blarney Stone. And then the man from this song goes to get, steal his love back, who actually would rather be with the pirates. But then the pirates let her die anyway, you know, and this guy killed them, killed them all. And then, yeah, sort of a Sasuke and Naruto situation. Yeah, like a Kakashi <laughs> and Goku uh, vibe. Yeah, those two. You know, when they all kissed. <laughs> oh, I love that one. It's my favorite AMV. <laughs> yeah, it's set to fucking to Headstrong by Drowning Pool. Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That song is actually that song's actually by Trapped. Oh fuck, you're right. Which one's the T R A P T? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should know that. Uh, Drowning Pool is Bodies. Yeah, bodies yeah, yeah. The, the other yeah. one, and then fucking Linkin Park. Any song by Linkin Park. What is this fucking like NBA Smackdown? <laughs> I don't know if I got that. Oh, because NBA is basketball, but Smackdown is wrestling. Right. Yeah, because I follow wrestling a lot and know. Yeah, you love wrestling, and you love in wrestling when Kakashi and Goku kiss, so that naruto can save sasuke dude i want the rock and steve austin to dress up as naruto and sasuke for a film did you know that uh kenny omega who's in like new japan wrestling which is like a a big thing that's kind of blowing up okay he wore a fucking sans outfit to like a halloween match like complete with a mask weird that's wild yeah pretty cool millennials dude right yeah am i right fuck yeah he would be a millennial actually the wrestler in question yeah i i don't like talking about this generations are all bullshit anyways so like it's not, it's not really a conversation a, yeah i might as well be like oh you give off fucking like libra vibes yeah i do i do give off libra vibes <laughs> fuck i hate that even more than generations though don't bring up fucking astrology to me just period <laughs> yeah that's a request <laughs> Okay, fair. Because <laughs> I think that's the first time you have, and I realized that it was sarcastic, but that could be a, a, a slippery slope for us. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll start calling each other Libras or whatever. Go on. Might as well call you a serial killer. Yeah, Nacho Libra. Libra. That's the fucking thing, too. Like, how the fuck... Like, if you're a fucking Scorpio, you're more likely to steal a car. Like, what? 
who the fuck are you, fucking stupid idiot? Yeah, God I'm damn a it. fucking Capricorn. I'm gonna go steal a car. Fuck you. Are you a Capricorn? Uh, I'm actually a cusp between a an Aquarius. Capricorn and an Aquarius. I'm like on the last day. Yeah, Anna's on the last day between Scorpio and the other one that's not near there. You know what, man? Don't even talk to me about. <laughs> about... <laughs> oh my you God. did it. You brought it up. But I almost said, don't even talk to me about Holocausts. <laughs> Any of them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, did we talk enough about the last song? Not really. I just said I liked it and gave a fan theory. Um, I don't know. It's like a vibe. Yeah, it's vibing. All right. Oh, I do like the weird, broken-sounding uh, reprise of the intro, though. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's a little hidden track. Cool, good book ending. I'm down for that. I like that stuff on a on a concept album. It's a concept album, which means it's you know it's it's packaged. I'd say it's like thematic. I feel like people don't put a line between those two things and like, no, I agree with you. Yeah. Cause like you could connect the, the last song and the, the Blarney stone, but like, I feel like most of the album doesn't like intertwine, but it, it's very thematically tied. No, I don't think that it has to intertwine to be a concept album either. Like a theme can be a concept. Sure. A sure. concept does not mean a story that, yeah, that's fair. Maybe there needs a concept to be, means an overarching ideal. Maybe there needs to be a, a term for a story based album then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can have a narrative concept album. This is yeah, not that. Yeah, I suppose that's what right? I'm thinking of. Um, maybe there are subgenres of concept album, but a concept album also isn't a genre. It's just a thing. And if the thing for this is the sea, then it crushes it. Yeah. For the most part. So is it good? Okay, Alphonse, it's become clear to me, abundantly clear to me through this episode that uh, your rating for this will not be what I had expected. So yeah. tell me about this album. Yeah, I think it's just like, it's very whimsical, which like isn't my vibe. It's like kind of kind of thin in terms of like how many instruments and like how much interplay between them there is. Yeah, and like, the lyrics, like none of them really mean anything to me or like have any impact on me. Right. Yeah. Just uh, honestly, like uh, similar to the Lady Gaga album where like I was just kind of like, I don't know how I'm going to like talk about this because I don't I don't really feel anything about it. OK. And, and oftentimes, like it's hard for me to like focus in on it when I'm not interested in it. That's that's a. Uh, a big ADHD vibe from from me. Yes. And and I think like I tend to almost like resent when I'm like listening to something like that. And I try to not let that like color my actual ratings, even if it's like it's definitely color colors some of my discussion. Do you mean you tend to resent the fact that the album makes you feel like that or the fact that you feel like that? I resent Period. that I'm not spending my time doing something else or listening to something else. Ah, okay. Because I'm I'm constantly aware of like, oh, I'm doing this thing and this is taking up this much time. Right. And I'm like constantly kind of anxious about that. Do you find that that happens more with albums versus other things? Mm. Because you've certainly mentioned it more. Maybe, but I think that that's just the nature of like, what things we've reviewed 
Um, I don't think you've okay. given me okay. something else of another thing that like, like a movie that you're ambivalent about. Yeah. Like I was kind of feeling that yeah. way about um, the sisters brothers. And then like I started getting into it and I was like, no, this is pretty cool. Right. OK. Yeah. Like that was like my feelings at like the first like 20 minutes or like 15 minutes or so of that. That's fair. Yeah. But I try not to let that like actually uh, have an effect on my ratings or anything. Um, right. because that's not really part of the album. That's like my own, uh, fucking bees in my head, making me be a little, little whiny baby about it. You're a whiny person. Sure. So what do you rate it? I think subjectively, I'm going to give it like a three. Okay. And then objectively, I'm going to give it like a. Struggling between a six and a, I, I think I'll give it a six point five because hearing you describe that like there are some technical flourishes of skill and there seems to be a lot of thought put into the production, I will give it that extra point uh, five to to bump it up from a six. Okay, a three and a six point five. That seems all right. Yeah. Um, what about the milk rating? I'm gonna give this like a powdered milk. <laughs> powdered milk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Interesting. That's a weird one. Uh, all right. Cool. I uh, I dig on this album. I don't. It's not something that I like continuously want to listen to. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm gonna listen to this two times in one night. Right. I can put it on. A lot of the songs on it, like I really like the mollusk. I really like mutilated lips. I really like it's gonna be all right. The ones that feel like beachy watery songs that's a good vibe for me yeah and it has nothing to do with the whimsy actually like you say i I think that that's incidental because you say that that's something that i like a lot and you're right i don't know if it's something that like makes you like something i think it's just like a vibe that like if it's present it adds to it for you that's the impression i get yeah a lot of the time a lot of the time i don't really care about the lyrics on this record Mm -hmm. um I don't think they're supposed to be cared about that much. No, that's that's the thing. And I but for Mutilated Lips and The Mollusk, I do like those two songs are unique and I've never heard anything like them. That's fair. And I think that that's that's a very cool thing to do uh, and to be able to do. Yeah, Uh, I think it captures a feeling and like captures different uh, senses of that feeling with the sea shanty, the underwater psychedelic vibe, the like, you know, there's a lot of different takes on like, what is the sea? What does the sea evoke for somebody? Um, Mutilated Lips is a very, could be a very dark song. It's a pretty dark album, I feel like. Like, I wouldn't, whimsical often denotes light. And I think, can I said, can you be whimsical and dark? I think you can. I think this album does a really good job of the, of delivering on its, uh, Delivering on its promise, I guess. But at the same time, I get that, like, just some of the songs are weird. Some of the songs that have that tonal whiplash aren't songs that I feel like fit in with the overall theme. Right. Right. So that can also be a detractor. Like, why are Waving My Dick in the Wind and Johnny on the Spot on there when they don't really add to that that whole sense that it's trying to develop? Yeah. So I think I'll give it a, I think I'll give it a 7.5 subjectively and an eight objectively. Okay. I think that's probably fair. Yeah. Um, 
because I don't really dig on those other songs, those like non non the sea songs. Yeah, like you could trim it down a little bit and it might be better. Yeah. I also don't think that any of them are too long. Like this has 14 songs on it, but it's not like a terribly long album. Right. Unlike The Fame, which had 14 songs and was like a fucking hour. Like that was yeah, a, yeah. a slog to get through. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah, my me saying like that some of the songs go on for a while, like that is very much my own inability to sit still with a song that often or that long, right. especially if I'm not right. like already vibing with its like tones and such that's fair that's very fair so yeah i think for my milk rating i'm going to give it (laughs) i'm gonna go with cottage cheese oh yeah for this yep that seems like something they'd like like they would eat some cottage cheese at the beach house maybe on a cracker there's some there's some water in there Mm -hmm. you know it's a little bit liquidy which is apt yeah and and you know what some some parts of it some parts of it aren't desirable. It's separated, you know? Yeah. You get the curds. Uh, but overall, it's still a good a good little tasty uh, treat. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what comes next? Uh, Alphonse, I gave you... I went first last time, yes. so you go first this time. Uh, so, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling the trigger on this. I was going to give you something else but it kind of came up in conversation uh, earlier as you were talking about Ah. how big of a fan of wrestling you are. Oh, no. I am giving you... (laughs) I'm giving you... I think it's uh, Fiction World Wrestling. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're giving me Chris Benoit's security footage. Oh, my God. (laughs) That would be... I don't know if that's art. I think that's just happenstance that that was created. I don't know if it exists. Uh, same. Anyway, uh, what's it called? I'm sorry. Uh, f- fiction wrestling or something like that. But I fiction wrestling. Yeah, it's <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the game. What the fuck is it? <laughs> so, OK, so we are dwell- del- delving into the world of fan art and fan created works now. Um, oh yeah starting with sonic of course oh no not just sonic we me and okay so uh we did their our digimon episode and i love digimon and i've i started watching digimon with Alyssa. right hi Alyssa. Alyssa's never listened to the podcast never she refuses to uh great (laughs) smart smart move i refuse also it's a good i can't help it um yeah (laughs) so uh we were looking up the like ages of the Digidestined and okay. we found a wiki page for uh for Matt from Digimon, right? Yes, Yamato. Yeah. And uh it was on a wiki for fiction wrestling or like world fiction wrestling league or something. Okay. And we <laughs> sure, were like, man. what the fuck is this like you know, was he in like a fucking game that was like a wrestling game or something? Was Gabumon like a choosable character? Because there's a lot of like obscure Japanese wrestling games. Right. And I was like, sure, maybe that's it. And then we started looking through the wiki and it was like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then Matt like uh, quit the league and went and married his his uh, wife who's like platinum 
Ber- Berlin or something, and it's like some person's like OC character, like original character. Oh my god! Yeah, this is a <laughs> this is gonna be a deep hole. I haven't chosen which one specifically because uh, there are but many. What of, is it? Is it a game? Is it just what is it? It's it's fan fiction. It's a bunch of. Oh, it's just fan fiction. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna choose which one. Um, I'll do that tonight, and I can send you it, and then we can put in a little recording. Um, I was gonna do sure. this later, but it it's too perfect with Kakashi and Goku kissing. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. That did come up. Yeah, and wrestling, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. So I I had to give you this. Now we'll cut that in. Um, I will choose a specific. Okay. There's a bunch of these fan works. Um, some of them are like hundreds of thousands of words. Oh my God. Yeah. But I'll only give you like a few chapters of one of them and we'll talk about it. So the fiction wrestling, uh, work that I am giving Devin for the following episode is XCW extreme cartoon wrestling by Ivan Drago. Ivan underscore Drago. Of course. Uh, and that's hosted on archiveofourown.org. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's going to be fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. I, oh, <laughs> I am going to give you a show. Okay. Yep. Uh, it is something that I've talked about a lot. Murdoch Mysteries? That I'm quite... I'm quite a fan of, uh, and it's a Canadian creation filmed in Ontario. Uh, it's called Murdoch Mysteries. Nice, nice. I'm just going to give you season one of that. I think it's 13 episodes, and I think had a conversation about which, if I should just give you like some random episodes, because there's like a, there's a, a larger, we had this conversation about, you know, larger narratives versus like episodic yeah. series, and this is something that I think does both of those things to great effect. You know, there, there is a larger overarching story. Right. Anyway, um, recently finished up season 14 of that. I've watched all of that. Wow. Um, yep. And I think it'll be a good, I think it'll be a good chat. Okay. Yeah. I've been meaning to yeah. watch this for a while. Devin's been, uh, talking about it for, for quite a bit. Apparently, yep. cause uh, considering you just finished season 14, just aired on uh, CBC last year. Oh, uh, the good old CBC. Uh, this year, actually. This year. It's brand new. Wow. Incredible. Anyway. Um, okay. So for next week, <laughs> let's do fiction wrestling. Yep. And the week after, Murdoch Mysteries Season 1 for episode 24, A and B. Yep. Is this art good? On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Did you think that The Mollusk is a good album? Did you think that it is the the epitome, the apex of psychedelic rock, of psychedelia in the 20th century? Do you think they're just a bunch of dudes who are really high? Kind of fiddling Not around? Not a bunch, just a couple, couple of dudes. people who are... Well, I know that that's a, the a, a fact. Yeah, yeah, a couple of wieners. Um, are you a huge ween fan are you a are you just someone who hates all nautical things yeah do you hate the ocean nautical equals naughty yeah uh <laughs> they have that's that valid they have that the ocean's like shirt. vast 
I hate the ocean or nautical. No, not nautical. Nautical equals naughty. Let us know. Send us an email. Is this art good at gmail.com? We're fucking here all the goddamn time. Yep. I've got it on my phone. Can't I leave. respond to emails like boom. Hello. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>